0: Hello! Good day, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Magic the First Pioneer's podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-hosts...
1: Hey, everybody. It's Ryan, the cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and...
2: What's up? It's your boy, Ashiok. Back from the RCN. You know what? I'm so ready to talk about some RC data.
0: Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. So we're going to continue kind of what we've been doing is we'll have a little mini topic. But first, we're going to go over some big data because as long as it's competitive season and everything else is a little slow, uh, we're going to make sure you guys are updated every week on what the big events going on are. So all of these big RCs that have been happening in Pioneer.
1: Um, do we want to start with like maybe um, we had the MC I think so last time we did a episode I think was on the fifteenth I want to say is when we recorded and I want to say that you were preparing to go to an event Ashiok. is that correct Yeah I was
2: I'm preparing I was preparing to go to the Edmonton RSC. Uh... Do you want to say? Do you want to yeah, talk yeah. about so, that, or do you have? Some I would love to. About that, I, I would love to talk about it, and I'll talk about my experience. my My internet was lagging, and so I was like, "Oh no, did I drop out?" Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy we didn't. But um, no, like I, I was preparing for the RC. Uh, I I have a testing group of our uh, testing group with all my friends and everything, and I felt really good about my Ignatic incarnation list mm-hmm. going into the tournament. Uh, for me personally, I. I ended up day twoing, but two of my losses on day one were to Mono-White Humans, where both of those games that I lost, I mulled to five. Ooh. And so it was kind of like, cool, I just got bullied by Mono-White, and then I lost to Grease Fang, again mulling to five twice, and so I was like, ah, oh, fun, fun RC. And then I 5-4 I dropped to go play other events, and then I proceeded to 3 the other events when I was trying to make some quick cash, so uh, it was a very unlucky weekend for me, but I did get to spend a lot of time with my friends, and... I had two of my friends uh, that were in my testing group, ended up top-aiding, so...
1: Nice. You know,
2: at least something came out of it, can, so... Can
1: you give us, uh, uh, like, a boots-on-the-grounds, you know, kind of, like, you know, right there in the thick of things, uh, kind of, uh, I, I guess, I don't know, feedback or input from 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 the um, event? Something that we don't yeah, see like- on Twitter?
2: Uh, it was really fun like there, there was a lot of big tables like I don't have a lot to complain about like there was the, the, like, like like in Toronto the chairs were awful they were really small plastic chairs that were really uncomfortable to sit in the chairs were great this time so and like the amount of space that we had was great the vendors were great uh there was good food outside like there was no no issues with the venue at all mm-hmm. uh though the, everyone was really lively because there was also a command fest at the same time so there was a bunch of people playing commander on the other side of the room um and yeah like everything was running really smoothly Uh, There was a couple of interesting incidents, like someone getting a game loss because of their third GRV in round two of the tournament, which was insane. I don't know how you get three GRVs (laughs) by round two. So that's a games rule violation. So, Uh. for example, he got his third game rule violation because his opponent cast a consider into his Narset Parter Veils. And uh, he didn't stop him from drawing the card. He, he there, there was a there was an amount of time that had passed when the opponent got through with it. So they both got two and well, that was the opponent's third. So the Narset guy ended up getting a game loss for it, and he didn't take it very well. He was a pretty angry guy. So mm. that was a, was a that was a fun thing. And uh, yeah, no, but like just honestly, like being able to like hang out there, talk to my friends, and like there was a bunch of like different um bunch of people I talked to from all over Canada and. Yeah, no, it was a it was a really fun event. Okay. It was Very really cool. really good.
1: Um, so top eight, uh did we talk about that yet? Do you do you want to talk about no. it? You said a couple of your friends made top eight, so you want to go yeah, down yeah, yeah,
2: I'll shout them out. I'll shout them out. Sadly, they all died in quarters, oh. but uh, whatever. Uh so it was actually won by Is It Phoenix, which is really wild. Like the guy the guy I was talking to, uh he he, he was just kinda like, Yeah, I just oh, wanted I'd to play Phoenix. Happened. I didn't realize
0: that was Edmonton, that's great
2: yeah i just i just wanted to play phoenix and he so he played phoenix and it worked out like nobody thought phoenix was that great or anything like that but he he ended up winning so go him and then we had another spirits player in second place uh third and fourth was uh uh neoform atraxa and Rakdow sacrifice the Mm. the neoform atraxa list is is a quebec special there's a store in quebec that absolutely loves this deck and then grinds it to no end Hmm. just plays all of it and they they what they uh were like they were like spoiling on twitter like oh my god we broke the we broke the deck we broke the deck and all they did was move an atraxa from the main deck so now it was two uh, sorry from three to two put it in the sideboard and add a dragon lord atarka so that you can actually win <laughs> your aggro matchups uh. and i was like wow you guys are so innovative cool huh. whatever move on uh but and then th- this is my boy my boy eggy benny travis benedict uh top it with monogreen uh, and then my other boy, uh, Linden top eighted with Rakdos range, And then there was two other Monogreen players in top eight and they also died in the quarters, which I thought was hilarious. The uh, three, three copies of Monogreen in top eight and all
1: died in quarters. So th- yeah, I guess, this metagame yeah. seems pretty stock.
2: Oh, um, yeah, it was really it was really stock. It was a really smaller tournament. I mm-hmm. think it was only like 180, or sorry, 200 and some people. Mm-hmm. So, And Rakdos Midrange was like, I think that Rakdos Midrange was like obviously the most represented deck, but the thing that was weird is it was the second most represented deck was Rakdos Sacrifice. That's what oh, okay. it was, which is like weird. Yeah. Like, because... So in total, both of those decks, I think made up like 30%, 25%, something like that. So you had a 25% chance walking around the room playing against any t- flavor of Rakdos. But a lot of, a lot of the people from like Ontario ended up switching over from Red Black to Red Black Sacrifice. Um, mm. And yeah, so there was just a lot of that deck running around.
0: Any strong opinions between the two of them, as well as how's the head to head with red, red, black, red, black sacrifice uh, right
2: now? Red, black sacrifice has the edge just because, like, their cards are a little bit better. Uh, like, for example, like, like being able to like slowly drain out with like cat oven is really good, and like, the, it's a slow, red, grindy battle. Like, your removal as red, black is turned off a lot of the time because, like, what are you supposed to stomp when there's a witch's oven in play? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't yeah. stomp anything. Um, and you like. I don't know, like, you, you, you just, like, the cards just don't line up as well against them. Like, you have, like, your braids, or, like, your calling commands as, like, your only answers for, like, Witch's Oven. So, Witch's Oven ends up a I used doing to
1: think that was a
0: really good matchup. Yeah, I was just seeing was, if it's still
1: true. Was this open decklist, by the way?
0: Yeah,
2: open, all RCs were open okay. decklist, yeah. yeah.
1: And that, that also, yeah. I think, I've heard other people talking about how that just kind of affects uh, decklist choice, like, you're just gonna, It does, it does. Just gonna play whatever, you know, gets you the most value, as opposed to... Something that could you know spike into that gotcha somebody. Well, yeah.
2: there's also like a lot of this entire idea of like it's it's like it's, so it's not like a new gotcha like the, like if it was closed deck list like the gotcha is like your opponent's playing some weird deck and you don't know what's happening and so you lose because of it. The thing that with open deck list stuff people don't realize is like. I, like, I, like, even that weekend, like, I played against someone that had one Settle the Wreckage in their board. Mm. Oh, yeah. One Settle the Wreckage. so you're like, well, I got to play around it. Like, I, I like now, now you just, like, fuck with your opponent's mental, right? Like, you're, they're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to, like, play around this? Am I supposed to do it? Like, for example, like, if we're looking at, like, the, the Mono Black, uh, or the Red Black uh, mid range deck, there's one main deck of Braid. There's one main deck Extinction Event. There's one main deck Culligan's Command. There's one main deck Liliana the mm. Veil. Like, you have to play around, like, like some of these cards are, like, obviously not that great in, like, shells, but, like, if I was, like, a really artifacts-based strategy, like, I have to play around this Abraid. Mm-hmm. I have to play around the Go Against Command, even though it's one-of. Like, they're probably not going to have it, but you have to respect it sometimes. Yeah. But, regardless, I like that's a... That. Uh, it, it, it just creates a really weird paradigm, and I think it's, like, really interesting. So, it, it, it's a different kind of gotcha.
1: Okay, uh, anything... Do you want to talk about this event like card choice wise, or do you want to move on to our, our next event?
2: Uh I'm down to uh there was shout out to the Kruger Fires in the ninth. That guy that guy's a homie and a half. Nice. He's a pretty cool guy. Uh also the the dude, my the dude that I lost to, a mono white player, he ended up going eight oh on day one nice. and missed top eight. Oof. Missed top eight after going eight oh on day one. He had such an unlucky day too. So shout out to you. Um David Booker, uh, guess. Dave. Yeah. yeah, it's Dave. Oof, oof.
1: <laughs> yeah, Six people sad. on Kruger
0: Fires, I like that.
1: Yeah, and only two of them dated, me and the ah. other guy. So, do we want to talk more about the metagame as it develops? So, should we hop into one of the MTGO results next, maybe? Uh, sure. sure. So, I think we had one from the 17th. Do you want to do this, Kevin? you want to handle uh, the, the top eight here? Uh, Let me see if you've or got the right link here.
2: Pioneer Challenge
1: 0617. Yeah, I got it up here. For for, we you have all this stuff in our... um. Do, do, do. In our uh, results. Pioneer Results page, by the way, if anybody listens. Ah, I'll see,
0: I was looking at the Pod Live chat because that's usually where we post stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, I go over it. I got it up here. It looks like yeah, we had Lotus it? Field. Uh, I mean, this. I'm just going down the top eight. I don't know if this is like a, actually the, f- the finishing thing. Maybe um, afterwards you can tell me who actually won this event, uh, Ashiok. Yep. So, yeah, we had yep. Lotus Field, uh, Azorius Control, Azorius Control, Rakdos Sacrifice, Nykthos Ramp, Rakdos Sacrifice, and um, Blue-red. What is this blue-red? Is this... I don't know. I can't see this. That's Phoenix. Is it Phoenix? Okay. Just it's Phoenix. Phoenix. It's Phoenix with DemiLich. Oh, That's Demulich. why it doesn't register okay. yeah. So it. Yeah. And then the Rakdos mid-range. So this was the first time where we heard about DemiLich, right? I think that people were like all excited about this.
2: Um. I don't think it was exactly this. I was think it, it was... Event? yeah athens it was athens that we saw Demilich. lich was it and okay this
1: is just someone else playing that list which is from the, our last uh podcast that he did i wasn't sure yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah and then uh the, the azores control decks i went and checked because no one else will uh that they're they're yorian control decks mm-hmm. actually and they're pretty close in stock like they're, so, they're they're playing rewind which is really interesting like that kind of spells is not real um and yeah, I thought it might have been like the Lotus Field deck. The Lotus Field deck's been really popular. Yeah,
0: the rewind in the Lotus Field deck could make a little bit of sense because yeah, you're yeah. getting more than the mana back, but
1: so <laughs> it doesn't make any sense here. Okay about Lotus Field, is Chandra's Hope Beacon literally the new hotness in, in Lotus Field decks? Is everybody gonna be playing? Uh,
2: it? it's the it's the new kill. Uh so essentially what you do is you have a Chandra Hopes beacon, uh, you use it to five your opponent. And then you use a um, uh, you use a Ballagued recovery to pick it up, and then you you but when it's in play originally, you use another Balagid's recovery to pick up a Balagad's recovery plus uh, a hidden stirrings, oh, yeah. uh, and then you just infinitely grab your thing and combo wow. and kill your opponent. Hmm, interesting. It's 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 a really dumb way to kill your opponent now, yeah. but it's another way to kill your opponent. I probably explained it really poorly, but it hmm. kills your opponent.
1: Um. Yeah. Anything else we uh want to cover from this event? I mean, Lotus Field winning an event—that's kind uh, of neat, I guess. Control. Yeah, really I get used to the player. name. Oh, yeah, everybody cheers for the Lotus Field. You got to root for the underdog, right? It
2: used the name Jabberwocky. <laughs> he's been playing Pioneer again, and so that means that he's going to be in a lot of top
1: eights because mm-hmm. Jabberwocky is a broken player. Um. I can confirm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I was I was going to say, you know, we we had a lot of convoke uh we talked about that in our last uh you know meta review and like it's just it seems like it's totally dropped off now even this you know mtgos type stuff where you know it's not open deckless you know we're just not seeing it at all anymore got hated out hard yeah
2: nobody likes that deck if you play that deck you're stinky all
1: right um well kevin i was about to say i can go over the uh the 18 yeah you want to do that
0: I'm oh. gonna start off with number seven, canister on Boros Convoke.
1: Actually, who won? <laughs> nope. Who won this uh six seven? Oh,
2: uh, it's in it's in the correct order. This is it in the is. correct order. Okay. It's only yeah, on so, uh, the it's only on the website, like the uh, the original Magic Online website. That's a little messy, okay. but here it's hundred percent correct. Got it, got it.
0: REMF with a uh, blue white spirits. There was a recto sacrifice in second. Uh, third is it says five color midrange. I'm guessing this is gonna be oh, this is It's a... the Bring to Light pile. Bring to light. Yep. I was like Oh, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking for the, uh, whether or not it's got the, uh, fires or whatever else, yeah. but yeah, just bring the light. Okay. Um, Azorius control in number four. Let's see if this has Lotus field in it. It do not. So this is just classic blue white control. Uh, number five, we got a mono white humans. Number six, Esper Control. That I want to take another that's look. That's the Lotus or, Field Convert. deck. It's that's the Lotus Field one. Got it. And the number eight is a mono black Nice uh, with discard. Love those. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste not over here. the veil. Waste knot. Yeah. All uh, cards. Okay. Yeah. You know, I saw about this one. I think I, I tweeted it to Ryan because
1: yeah. he's a big waste knot fan. Yeah. You never said it would. Be, you said it would be never be good. I'm pretty sure you said waste knot would never be good in Pioneer. But look it's uh, look I at it. I hate to you. It's still not good. <laughs> Look at it now.
2: <laughs>
1: Clock will be I, right twice a day. Yeah, I've been, I've been playing a lot of, you know, I want to say a lot of. I've been playing Arena just to kind of like, you know, get my my uh, daily money and stuff like that. And this has been showing up in Explorer as well. Pretty pretty neat deck. Pain to, A pain to play against, though. You know why <laughs> this is a good deck in Explorer? Because there's no answers for it? I don't know.
0: Because four shoulder doesn't cost you six arms. Oh, that's true. That's
2: yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, this deck online is one fifty eight ticks, which is like pretty comparable with like Boros Convoke. But Boros Convoke costs two hundred and seventy two dollars, and this deck costs six hundred and twenty five in paper. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's nasty. Uh, but now the Esper control deck is just Azoria's Lotus Field with two Thought Distortion in the board. So now
1: it's Esper, okay. So congrats. You're yeah, playing Boros Convoke though. That's nice yeah canister canister's a good player so
0: and let's see if there's anything funny going on there no this seems pretty stock um
2: it's no bt but i think they've officially decided that bt is bad so
0: yeah that's i don't know
2: (laughs) yeah i know i'm not the uh not
0: the expert on that so i'll I'll go with the clarion spirits because that's what the pros are playing but i'm uh i'm sad bt is such a good card
1: yeah, and I think I've seen some people kind of going back and forth between um, the Tarka Red and, you know, the Boros Convoke version. I think there's just going to be certain metagames where you want to go wide and other games where you just want to go fast and hard.
2: <laughs> so Yeah, I like going fast and hard, to be honest. That's me yeah. kind of thing. Like the only thing I have to shout out from this challenge is in 16th place. There's John Sacrifice, like Boomer John Sacrifice. Ooh. yeah, is that? The... Like Mayhem Does Devil it have like in the sideboard. Oh, Catacomb Sifters. Ooh. No, sadly not. Oh, there's, man. This, there's this status statue card though. It's to give your uh to give your Mayhem Devil Death Punch, which I think is really funny. Okay. But no, it's like it's like genuine Boomer,
1: like gilded goose. You know they uh... they literally did not change their deck from the last time they played Pioneer about a month or like a year ago.
2: Yeah, it's real funny. Okay, it's
0: Coco. That's interesting. Yeah, it's I was Cocoa, like, yeah, where are the uh, trail, of Pe- trail of crumbs? I don't know.
2: Yeah, and Citadel. I just like wild. But anyway, uh, shout out to that guy. Living his best life. Go ahead. Hope he's doing well. Yeah,
1: totally. All right. Well. Um, All right.
2: We want to move on to challenges. Do you want to go? Do you want to go to? I think it's Japan Korea next. Is that
1: the next one? The
2: That's the next RCA. It was on the twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Okay, so. so it's like all the same weekend, yeah. right? And we also had yeah, the um,
1: New Zealand and Australia one too. Yeah, that one's uh I think after on my list. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, okay. I can do the the Japan one if you guys want me to do that since Yeah, sure go for it. Well somebody here for, you know. I'm in Japan. Might as well do it. Um <laughs> anyways, <laughs> we had uh Absend Grease Um, I'm just going down the list here. I don't think they actually won the event. I think. Oh, yeah. It was actually Monogreen Devotion. So the top eight was Absent Grease Fang, Grill Vehicles, Rakdos Midrange, Absent Grease Fang, Temor Vehicles, Enigmatic Fires, Burrows Convoke, and Monogreen Devotion. This is pretty interesting because, you know, we haven't really seen vehicles show up at all recently. Grease Fang. I don't know. Grease Fang's always kind of. It's always threatened. But it hasn't put up a lot of good results recently. I would say, uh, maybe it's just yeah. better in paper. I mean, because I mean, I guess th- these were like you said. This is open deck list. People know what you're bringing, but they also have to have that answer. You know what I mean? So yeah,
2: they have to have equally have been as prepared. But no, I think I think you're a little bit. Uh, you might feel a little bit mistaken or like forgetting the fact that uh, I think Groove Vehicles won. Mexico mm-hmm. and then top eighted another thing yeah. recently. So like group vehicles like still like still exists. It's still like fine. I don't think that I think the thing that's like a little bit more contested is like uh, what the best list is because like mm-hmm. there's a lot of very there's a lot of variants like with thrill seeker and how uh, many love Strike beast beasts you're playing and if you're if you're doing like fable things like there's a, it's it's a little bit contested as to like what version's the best. But
1: yeah, the um, uh, Kazuya Murakami group still is pretty exists. his version's pretty stock. It looks like. But Temer Vehicles. We had uh, uh Hisanichi uh, Yoshi Yoshigoe, um in fifth, uh, of the Swiss. He was playing Stepper denials, so kind of this kind of takes me back to like when everyone's playing Abzan Blue. Um, was it in Frontier or something when everyone started just throwing in Stepper denials and, and counter spells into that deck. Um but yeah, it's it's playing Stepper denial and also the uh, how can I say not the creature, but um it's playing the uh, Invasion of Ixalan, which I haven't really seen show up. I think we did... Yeah, we talked about the cards that dig last time. So that's kind of cool to see a card, you know, seeing some play in a top eight deck there. Um, Burrows Convoke? Yeah, that seems pretty stock as well. It seems like the list that we just saw from what, Canister, mm-hmm. I think?
2: Yeah, it's pretty similar. Like the only thing that's different is like there's Cathar commandos on the board, and that's about it. But yeah, my, but I think I think yeah, the thing the board mostly. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's really different about all of these lists will end up being the Ignetic list because if you look at it, it is the 80 card version with Yorion, which is already just new. Um, and then the other thing is is like we're, we're we're seeing a place at a path of the world tree, which is something I would never do. Mm-hmm. But it worked for him, so go ahead. But And also, his tutor package is really weird. It's really all over the place. Like He's playing the Clever Impersonator, which was just like a Karuga Fires innovation. Um, he's playing the Agent of Treachery, which I've never been a fan of. Um, and the Nibble arsonist and the Gloom Shrieker, which are both, like, even in the 60-card versions, or in the 80-card versions, those never really saw a lot of play. Like, Nibble arsonist on the board, maybe. And there's also a Charming Prince. So there's a lot of, like, uh, interesting choices, is what I'm going to say.
1: It seems like I'm just looking at you know the top twenty five here. It seems like we have a lot of uh, what is it, unstoppable forces, and maybe uh, a few immovable objects. I, I would say like those mid range decks are kind of like the immovable objects, but like a lot of them just like you know they're forces of nature that you know you, you know that they're coming. You know that that Parheliaan is coming, or you know that that Hasted you know uh, Sky Sovereign is coming. I see a lot of those types of decks. Mm-hmm.
0: We had. It's like there's a lot of difficult to answer threats in the format i don't know maybe someone can rant about that a little yeah. later
1: um uh, we'll see we'll see we'll see some is it creativity there no not a lot of other aggro though like i didn't see uh any monolith humans here maybe
2: japan just isn't an aggro yeah aggro land or
1: japan and korea sorry yeah i i would have um i mean I know that Azores, not Azores control Azorius Spirits always seems kind of popular in Japan as well, and that really didn't show up at all either. But, um, Probably just got hated out. Yeah, the winner, by the way, Monogreen Devotion, Alexander von Stange, Stange. Stange. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, yeah, he was on Monogreen Devotion, so that's pretty cool. He he came over from Korea, I believe.
2: Yeah, he moved to Korea from America like forever ago, apparently.
1: All right, so we have a couple more. Who wants to get the next one? Do you guys want to do the uh, yeah, challenge? Yeah, we'll just
2: let, let's just finish or? off the RCs. So let's just go for New yeah. Zealand. I can just finish it off real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, all right, so the winner was Mono White Humans, second place. Guess what? Mono White Humans. Um, then we're seeing Boros Convoke in third with Azoroth Control in fourth. Uh, and then it's Lotus Field Combo. Is uh, it Phoenix, Demir Control, and Mono Green Devotion ran right out the rest of the top eight. So. Uh, turns out, all those mono white human decks you were looking for—they ended up in Australia. Hey, <laughs> nice. But uh, we don't really see a whole lot that's like too too exciting in like the top four. It's like pretty standard stuff, minus like well, uh, we're starting to see Sunfall has- become. Yeah. We're starting to see Sunfall become like a more mainstay board clear and like blue way control, which I think is like really interesting. I think that card is like so underplayed. Like exiling the entire board is so relevant, especially with mono green being one of the biggest things in the format. Or like dauntless bodyguard naming stuff. Like you're just able to like get around like all sorts of like board clears. Um, uh, and then demir control obviously in the um uh, in the the rest of the top it was interesting.
1: So yeah, just quick question. You know, we were talking about open deck lists. Um, you know, in these types of events, and it always seemed like other places just kind of went for the consistency and the value. Is it okay to run aggro decks in open deck lists? Like. Are, is it just really ballsy, or or what? Like no,
2: it's it's not it's not like it's not a mistake or anything, or like there's nothing like I don't know. I think you might be like reading too much into it. I think it's definitely just like you can play whatever you want, and like it's fine as long as you know the deck. Like very I, th- well. as long, as long I, I think about. I think what matters is a mod as long as you're like playing. I think going into the RC, what I should suggest is like if you're playing a meta deck, so like something that you could see on like the front page of Goldfish, or like I guess in Pioneer, it's gonna be like the first twenty decks you see. But uh, as long as you're playing like a really like an okay deck and you are uh, comfortable playing it and you know your ins and outs and you make a sideboard guide, you are 100% fine. You are so fine. You just need practice. And like, you don't have to worry so much about your numbers. Like, your opponent's going to sit down and you're going to see their deck lists. And like, if I'm looking at this mono white list that won, I'm going to be like, oh, cool. So you're playing three ossification, two brave in the main. And that's all I really have to worry about because mm-hmm. like, there's not like too much like difference or anything like that. Yeah. Like, three brutal thar, like, just you, you don't just play play whatever list you're ended out of comfort on. You don't have to think too much about the gimmicks or any gotchas or anything like that. Just play play solid stuff. And like if you want to play like your one ofs because like you need to play some one ofs. Like if you're like a control list too, like go for it. But with yeah, like, I mean if you I about in, it, I,
0: I, I think it's a decent question that Ryan's asking. Is like, hey, you know, if I'm knowing that my opponents are going to be able to mulligan knowing that i'm an aggro deck does that make me worse off and i feel like it's not really like you're also getting that same benefit in that when you're an aggro list it's sometimes really hard to keep hand that you know will lose to the aggro mirror um so you get that same benefit i almost feel like decks like lotus field you know if you can keep a completely interactionless hand against lotus field that could feel great or you know like not interactive yeah. less but like removal less hand against lotus field yeah. that could be great so i don't i don't feel like aggro is the deck that Is the most harm by having your opponent know what you're playing before you're sitting down, and in RCs of this size, you know it it tends to happen that like some people will get the advantage just happening to know what you're playing on, anyways. So I like that it kind of takes that out of it.
2: Yeah. Well, also having open deck lists, like something that used like the entire idea of it, like came because people used to like have their friends come and scout for them at the top tables. So, like, yeah. it just kind of, like, stops it, because, like, let's just say you were playing control or something that, like, took forever for you to sit down, like, when you sit down, and then you, you would never get to, like, look around to see what your opponents are playing, because you're too busy focusing on your match, but... I mean, like, I also, uh, to touch again on aggro and an open deck list like, if you know your matchup's really good against, like, Thaliars, or sorry, if you know Thalia is really good in the matchup, just, like, and you're Mulligan to five, like, mmm, you do to, to go find your Thalias you can pull, like, your altifications to the bottom if you know those are going to be dead or your Braves, you, and you like know if Brave's good, because like maybe your opponent's board clear is Supreme Verdict. Now you know Brave isn't that great. Maybe their board mm-hmm. clear is Radiant Flames. Now you know Brave is great. Like There's a bunch of Catch-22s, so like don't think too much about the open deck list thing, about what deck you're playing. Just un- know the benefits that it provides to you and the negatives. So,
1: Ben Kemp, in his white uh, Mono-White Humans deck, was playing Night Errant of Aeos as a one-of, and I think that's kind of a good card to have in open deck list because instead of like focusing on what draws you need it helps you to dig to the answer that you might need to get rid of whatever's on the board or, or whatever would give you the um what's what I'm looking for the the edge like maybe you need to play a thalia's lieutenant to boost your board or maybe you want a copper coat vanguard to give everybody ward against removal heavy decks i think that's some neat tech i wouldn't be surprised to see that show up more in the future
2: uh, I, I think, like, there's, like, two playable slots. as Like, like you can kind of switch these around yeah. in Monoid Humans. And for him, he picked Night and of Eelths and Kithion. And I think Night it's a lot for, like, he probably predicted that he'd see the mirror a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I can imagine that Night Arran of comes up because fair, yeah. these, like, board stall type things. Like, I don't know the Australian meta. Yeah. I don't know what's popular there. So maybe that was popular. So that's why he picked it. But uh, will it show up more? I don't think so but like no. it, it like i wouldn't be surprised to see it like like once or twice yeah. just because like people are trying this list or something like Flex that or that's what they're predicting like i, I think if you th- also think there's going to be a lot of aggro that iron of yours might be a boy
1: do we want to talk about the 21st place deck
2: what's the 21st place deck now
1: you've got me curious arc, now arc fiend it. alteration finally showing up to an event
2: arch Archfiend Alteration this weekend, by the way, had a impressive win rate, and that was solely because it, um, uh, I think like it had like tw- two people bring it and both had a really good record. Mm-hmm. So it looked like it had like a nuts weekend, but I still think this deck is so many steps away from being playable. Not optimized yet. It is not, I don't think it ever will be optimized. I, I, there's so many issues with the deck. Okay.
1: Just n- nobody was expecting it.
2: Uh, I think people started to expect it after CFT Sock kind of, you know, uh, got the cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. But I I also don't think anyone was expecting it because no one was like, nobody will bring this really bad idea. And well, someone did. So go then.
1: Okay. Well, I think that covers all of our um, RCs. RCs. Yeah, we have a uh, Pioneer Challenge on 624. Who wants to grab that one? sure i don't mind uh oh, oh my god okay. i was gonna yeah right, go, for go for it, for it. Go i'll for do, it. The okay, you okay, do the 25th okay. yeah you can have the showcase the
2: important one uh <laughs> oh it's our boy jabberwocky he's back with Rakado sacrifice not surprising uh and then we got azorio's control in second and i'm quickly checking to see what it is uh then we got boros convoke in third nycthos ramp in fourth and fifth and eighth uh, Teemer mid-range in six, then Abzan Greasefang in the last slot. Uh, the control deck is just standard control. Standard bullet. Nothing special. Other than, like, two Quicken in the main.
1: I'd like to think that, you know, during this this last weekend, or the last two weekends, the uh, at least in the Boris Convoke deck, the Regal Leosaur stock has kind of gone up a little bit. Uh,
2: yeah, I would say so. I think that I think people are starting to, like, actually, like, figure out that card. as like, like... It, People are starting not to see it as like a competition, but if anything it's like uh bushwhacker number whatever. Five and six if you want, or it yeah. Or or you can like play a split to be able to play yeah. around different things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like it. I like the tech. Yeah, it's sick. And then the team right range deck was the Gruel Vehicles plus stubborn Denial deck mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, anything else interesting from this event anything further down uh, maybe i don't know. i mean there's still a lot of decks out there which is great you know i'm not seeing a huge you know uh how can i say uh a huge meta shift or anything like that reactos goblins i can 18th? make
2: i can make uh ryan uh, somewhat happy mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah scroll all the way down to the 32 list scroll all the way down it's it's an ignetic fires list but there's a card in there that you said was good that me and uh sorry oh, no. oh, uh that's no. a, there's a, there's a card in there that me and uh kevin said were bad and you said it was maybe playable in pioneer and there it is also this is an ignetic incarnation list that's playing the metamorphic Alteration combo. <laughs>
1: I'm looking at which, which what was the card I said was good.
2: Is it, is, do you remember saying that Tranquil Frillback was somewhat playable? Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. There yeah. it is.
2: Oh. It's shown up. Nice, nice.
1: Hey,
0: well, you don't know if it's shown up. This is an 80-card deck. He could have never seen it the whole well, time.
1: I bit. mean, <laughs> with with a uh, an Elf Snorren you can search that up. Hey, destroy two artifacts, uh, XL... I wouldn't say XL2 Graveyards, but uh, hey, gain eight life. Yeah, it's not bad.
2: Uh, but then you get you get a Fires in play. Also, by the way, this list is playing three Fires. Um, but anyway, uh, you get a Fires of Invention in play, and then you can like move to your end step, Ignetic, sack something, go grab the frill back, and then mm-hmm. you can pay the mana without having to worry to you cast all your spells. uh yeah. That's uh, so much yeah, value. That's reasonable, but... So much value.
1: Yeah, again, anyway. uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to Goblins. Uh, always happy to see Goblins doing well. Where's Goblins? The what? 18th place. Uh Oh lineup, yeah, Alpaca Gaming. Call of the Death Dweller, they're playing now. I didn't know that was in there actually. I thought it was just the touch of the Moon Glove for
2: Yeah. Goblins and Pioneer kind of like took the idea of I'm going to attack you and then sacrifice Fireblade Charger and Cacophony Scamp to kill you. And, and That's what Call <laughs>
1: does really well with. Sideboard, you get Ley Lions, um Thought Seas, basically playing like all black cards in there.
2: Running volley and push. Yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get the good cards. But I think the thing, my favorite thing is these two touch the moon gloves for uh, Goblin Chain Whirler. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, I've seen that rocking. combination before. That's so funny. Um, All right.
1: yeah, I don't see I'm ready anything. to move on. Yeah, that's pretty good. We can do the last one. Kevin, you want to take that? Yeah, I'm going to jump on the
0: last one here. So this is the challenge from the 25th. Um, winning deck. And this is actually the showcase. So this one's the how many players was in this? This will be a big boy one. Me. It was pretty big. That's that's all I'll say. I'll sit there and find it. <laughs> yeah, so this was one by the white-red PNLR deck that we've been kind of seeing pop up. I know Ryan's been excited about this, so I'll quick touch on it if anyone hasn't seen it. It's kind of built around PNLR, this new card from uh, Aftermath, where your Thopters have haste, and whenever you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, you make a 1-1 Thopter, and then it plays like four Rex Impulse and four Rens Resolve with both exile two cards and let you play them until your next turn.
1: Yeah, I like this deck because it's basically mono red. Um, you can play it is that kind of style, you know, just like really fast to the, you know, lo- sorry, low to the ground, fast, um, boost your uh, creatures, uh, you know, with uh, spells and stuff, big damage, big damage. But then you have that PNLR Lark card, um, which, like you said, gives you a little bit more reach. You know, you can cast all of these cards from exile which means you're not really giving life to uh Shieldred, which is nice it gets around mm-hmm. that um it gets around stuff that might stop you from drawing cards like in you know, narset even though we probably don't see a lot of that anyways but yeah what do, you, what do you think kevin how do you feel about this deck
0: yeah i like it i haven't gotten a chance to test this deck and normally i test everything but i do love showdown of the scalds that's always kind of been a like one card powerhouse um, I definitely have one huge question, and maybe I don't know if anyone's got an answer for this, but how is PnLR still like a thirty cent card? I nobody yeah. opened aftermath.
2: Uh, like there there's... no no no. I hate to break it to you. A lot of people have opened aftermath now because oh my god, like working at a store, people order that stuff constantly, and like Ugh. the entire chase for Nissa is because people want Nissa. Nissa's the chase See, I card, opened, and mm. so people open. A, I opened a,
0: like one pack product. because it was on sale or something, and I got it. You know, I got it like a discount like one pack, and it was like the worst value of any pack I've ever opened. I think I got two PNLRs in that one pack. And I'm like, okay, I've got two of these things. It's it's a four of in a popular format. Um, how is how is Nissa more expensive when she's not seeing really play anywhere? I
2: mean, oh, she's sort of. just a lot of play in Modern. That's really it. Yeah. And some very small play in like Legacy
1: and this. Pioneer. I mean, you know, just seeing this card do well, though, it just makes me happy because it shows that new stuff is just constantly coming out in Pioneer. You know, yeah, there's tons of new ideas. It's still, yeah, You know, a card like this can can break in or break through. You know, just one set out. That's cool. You know, Ren's Resolve. You know, playable card in this stack. You know, that's like a total bolt card before this. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Shout out to Tranquil Th- Thrillback for being also in second place in this event.
1: Also super budget. Yeah, I mean, once they, it's less than 100 ticks. But like, if you get rid of the lands in the Vision of Gobekon.
2: I don't think you went over the rest of the decks, did you? No, I literally didn't.
1: Yeah, so sorry. let me keep, <laughs> keep going. Keep
0: going. Uh, so number two, we had a Fires of Invention. Three mono-white humans, for mono mono-green. Uh, fifth is blue-white. Uh, I'm going to peek and see if there's any lotus, but I don't think it was. Nope. nope. Uh, Six is Rectosac. Uh, seven, eight, nine, all mono-green again. Then we had some mono-red, some mono-white, blue-black, blue-red, mono-green, mono-green, mono-white, or blue-white, sorry. Uh, nothing too crazy a lot of blue white actually a lot of blue white a lot of red black sacrifice um an indomitable creativity near the bottom here anything else big i'm missing uh
2: there's a mono red agra that's
0: really it it's a mono red agra yeah that 10th that place list let's take a quick look at that one that has eh, red creatures you it's, know uh, N- nothing it's too it's surprising it's yeah.
2: mono red and then there's also blue black archfiend and like
1: well, ah, yeah. You know, so movie. yeah we
0: haven't talked too much about that on the show is you know this kind of uh this was another cf talk was it or was this um
1: yeah it's cf sock <laughs> yeah
0: was really the one who broke this out at the uh last last big event it was the arts of the dross plus the um metamorphic alteration combo
2: yeah it's sadly it's just not good <laughs> it's it people are people tried it in like infinite shells like the issue is is like you have to like play a lot of good interaction while also having seven dead cards in your hand until they're relevant on turn six. So you don't really get to play a good control game. And you don't really get to play a good mid range game either, because while well, you're trying to play mid range, you have these seven dead cards. Like it just it doesn't work out. Like if if metamorph- if Metamorphic Alteration was better, uh like by itself, then like Because like Arch from the Dross by itself is fine. It's not exciting. Yeah. It's just it's fine. It's but- fine.
1: Sadly, that's it, though. Okay, um, so I think that covers pretty much all of the events this season. Is that correct? I think we have like maybe one more this uh, weekend, or no, that's it for RCs. Yeah, RCs. We'll, we'll still have uh, challenges and showcases in the future, though, right? Those. Oh yeah, there's still
2: there's still there's still two challenges every weekend. You ain't got to worry about that. Those aren't going that's nowhere. Still.
1: We'll have st- we'll have stats. We'll have information in the future. Um. So yeah, uh, I think that wraps up our first part. But we kind of have a second part of this this um, podcast we wanted to talk about. And I don't know. Maybe should I just lead us in by asking how you guys feel about Pioneer right now?
2: I yeah. go for it because I'm gonna. I'll start ranting. You go for it. Oh,
0: I don't. I don't have too much to say. Like honestly, I've been a little bit on the back burner like i normally am playing a ton i'm normally streaming all like watching people stream all week i'm normally you know going to bigger events and i just haven't had anything good to, i haven't got any good events to go to recently so like i've been you know finishing up a cube i've been playing edh with my friends mm-hmm. like i've kind of been on a back burner on pioneer and i feel bad about it because i know like i try to stay up with the meta but i'm definitely
1: playing a little less than i did for me i mean I'll, if you don't mind me going first i know you have a lot of God, on, God. Your, on your chest you want to get off Ashiac. um yeah, yeah, yeah no, go for Just it. like Kevin, I'm really enjoying the content. Uh, I've been watching more pioneer content than I've ever had. You know, uh, seeing the stuff that was in Athens and you know in Japan last week, we had um, oh, I forgot what was his name. Uh, I can't, I can't think of his name real quick. But uh, we had a, a a player um that was doing the English version of the uh, Japanese uh, coverage last week, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the coverage. I, I'm popping into a lot of people's streams to watch them play Pioneer. I'm really enjoying that aspect of Pioneer. I just like Kevin though. I don't have a lot of chances to go out and play Pioneer, and that's actually something I want to talk about a little bit later. But uh, I, I I like the I like the format, but I'm not grinding the format, and I think that's kind of a big thing. So, Ashyak what do you want to say about the pioneer format
2: time to put the perspective of the competitive player into both of you and i'm going to do it by asking you some questions and then you gotta i'm I'm gonna go with a solid trust me on this one okay let me or sorry let me land that's what i'm gonna Hmm. say let me land let you cook so let him cook yeah yeah. (laughs) okay so pioneer on a scale of one to ten how diverse would you say it is (sighs) <sighs> seven by diverse i mean how many yeah. decks do you think how many different decks do you reasonably think you'll play against in an eight round tournament yeah seven
1: i give it a seven
0: so yeah if that's the you know if i'm saying out of 10 how many am i gonna play in the, i mean wait because you can't get more than eight then yeah <laughs> on a scale from one to eight i would say five
2: you're gonna get like a really wide range and like there's still like like even like yeah. playing on that weekend like i think i ran into the same deck twice i ran in mono green twice on day one and mono uh white twice. Uh, But, like, I never saw Rakdos of either version. Uh, I never saw spirits. I never saw, like, I never saw Lotus Field combo. I never saw a lot of things. But anyway, so uh, with the meta being really diverse, I want to bring up the fact that it is so hard to play at a competitive level because Mm. you can't prepare for everything. Because I have to prepare my sideboard for Rakdos midrange, and therefore I'm playing cards that will grind really well. And now I need to also prepare for Mono Green. And Mono Green, you have to have different sideboard cards than you do Rakdos Midrange. Then you do Azorius Control. Then you do Mono White Humans. Then you do Lotus Field. Like Grease Fang, Spirits, Teamer Creativity. Like, there are so many different playable decks, which obviously is, like, I would love that for the format. However, all of these decks require you to attack them on such different axes. Mm. So it's so hard because, like, with my deck, Kruger fires, I had to go into that tournament saying... I'm cutting these last two cards because I need edges in different matchups and I'm going to just suggest that I will lose to any deck that it puts a Lotus Field into play. I will just straight up lose. So, and that it shouldn't mm-hmm. be how a, a tournament ends up working. I shouldn't have to be like, okay, I can't play around this deck and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring no cyborg cards for it. Best of luck.
1: So that's what I was going to ask is like, should we try to prepare for everything these days or should we just have cards for our worst matchups and just try to do our own thing the the other you know times
2: well it's a catch 22 because either you can bring cards for your worst matchup but how many cards do you need for your worst matchup like for me it's lotus field i would have to bring five cards in my sideboard for lotus field Mm -hmm. now is that reasonable no so i think it just becomes a if I queue into lotus field i lose let's just hope i don't queue into lotus field and that shouldn't be how a competitive Mm -hmm. determinant is is decided because i ended up running into more Lotus field because I chose not to, to prepare for it because it was one of the 20 decks I had to prepare for. All right.
1: Uh, another, another, uh, you know, tent tangent, another question I wanted to ask though, as far as deck building goes, should we, you know, be building our decks with answers in the main board, you know, instead of having everything in the sideboard, instead of just trying to do our things and like totally like disregard, you know, the, the other player, do we need to have, you know, f- for example, if we have like an aggro full format and, you know, you're playing control, do you need to have those settle the wreckages in there in the main now? Or, you know, if you are, I don't know, um, an aggro deck and you know Rakdos is going to be big and stuff like that. Uh, so you, you want to play. Cards that are going to give you card advantage, you know, in in the the main board stuff that you w- you wouldn't usually have in there. Do we need to build our decks differently going forward, instead of like totally disregarding what the other players doing?
2: Um, it's very dependent on what deck you are to start. Like, if you are Lotus Field Mono Green, uh, no, just you're or Grease Fang, you're just doing your own thing. You're doing the more powerful Broken thing, hopefully, and you're just Pod Racing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as, when it comes to decks like mon- Monoid Humans and like, Rakdos and like things that you can change a lot of these slots for, how do you decide what to end up bringing? Do, do you just make a meta call and hope that you're right? And then if you end up dodging Rakdos midrange, because it's like, let's just say, like, let, let's use the Edmonton data, because that's the one I'm mainly complaining about. Mm-hmm. Um, Rakdos midrange was 15% of the meta. And the next highest was Rakdos sacrifice, I think at like 12% or something like that. Um, if I want to prepare for both of these decks, and I want to try to queue into them, and I end up putting whatever it is, let's just say Stony Silence, Temporary Lockdown, whatever whatever card, for Rakdos, uh, Rakdos Sacrifice in my deck, and I never queue into it, like, now I have like dead cards in my main deck. So now it just becomes, it feels as though from the player's perspective, it is such a toss up of what you end up having to predict for the meta. And if you predict wrong or you hit your bad matchups, you're dead. You're dead in the water. Cause if you pre- didn't prepare for Lotus field, you're just dead in the water.
1: All right. Well, how about this then? How about you're still playing your strategy and doing your thing, uh, but you're playing with a card that is less. How can I say it's, it's less all in. And it gives you a, a little bit of uh, a way to protect yourself against like those other, you know, dangerous decks that are your bad matchups.
0: I think that it's it's kind of funny because I think that Wizards has been overestimating how powerful flexibility is a little bit where the most powerful cards in Pioneer are largely a little bit more narrow And the drop off in power level as you go to the more flexible version of something is generally very huge. And I think that a part of that is that they were trying to make, you know, flexible cards that you could main deck in best of one on online because that's a format that they care a lot about. And it's kind of at the expense of the fact that, hey, if you're not playing the best card in this slot, you know, if you're not playing Bone Crusher Giant because you want to have a better Lotus Field matchup, um, you're going to be playing something a lot worse. Like if you're playing Lightning Strike instead, that's going to hurt you really badly in a lot of Mm -hmm. matchups.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Um do we... Yeah. And yeah. do do you want to answer oh. that question
0: as well as Yeah, you?
2: no. I was also going to like rant a little bit more. Like e- like even like looking at this, like I had I had fine success, but the thing was is like with karuga Fires, I had a 68% matchup win percentage against rakdos and I never saw it throughout the day. I prepared for rakdos both flavors, I prepared for Mono Green. I saw Mono Green twice. Um, I saw humans, which is a matchup I was prepared for. I ended up losing that twice, but like, that was just cause my deck and a whole bunch of that's It's pretty, whatever. But like, what I'm more so saying is like, I, like my friend that top baited with mono green, he played against Rakdos a ton and he loved that matchup and that was so good for him. And that, I think that, that that's more my point is like pioneer has more so become a little bit more about matchup lottery rather than how you prepare. So
1: variance. that's more
2: so my issue with it. It's too diverse. It is yeah. too
1: diverse. All right. Well, let, let's take this a little bit further, this this uh, situation. What kind of stresses would you say Pioneer players are facing, you know, going into, you know, competitive Pioneer these days?
0: Crippling debt. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, cost?
1: Cost of living. <laughs> the cost oh, yeah. of shield <laughs> well, and stuff like that, right? Yeah.
2: And it, it also it comes to like decision like you 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 just have to guess what the meta is and hope that you hit right like i guessed the meta correctly for edmonton mm-hmm. and did i hit the red black sacrifice players that i was end up stra- uh, practicing for no or like the rakdos mid-range players that i ended up practicing for no and so like then all of my work that i ended up preparing for went to waste because, like, I just didn't hit my matchups or anything like that, which is just, I don't know. It's just, it's really frustrating. And, like, that, like, I, I don't know how to more elaborate towards more so what well, you're saying. Like, the the, lo- the stresses are, is, like, mm-hmm. you, you just can't prepare for everything. So, you have to just pray that you prepared for the right thing. And that's just so awful.
1: Coming from the other side of this, you know, you're a competitive player. I'm more of a casual player. I want to become more of a competitive player. But, you know, because there's many decks, I also feel like the learning curve is just getting, you know, it's... I know a lot of the old cards and stuff like that. But, you know, like you said, we're always getting these new decks. We got Boris Convoke, and we got this PNLR thing this time, and we got the Archfiend of Dross, you know, combo. All these new decks are always showing up and appearing, adding more and more to the mid which is great. It's cool to have a diverse format. But if you're coming here from, you know, zero, or, you know, coming getting back into Pioneer after a while, that learning curve is hard. And, yeah,
2: there's so many things. Yeah,
1: there's so many things you got to learn about, and especially you know, if you're... You know, not only choosing your the deck that you want to play, but then learning how to play against the, the cards that you're going to be playing against, you know, and then sideboarding and, you know, the well, again, all that stuff, it takes a lot of time. And I don't think a lot of, I don't think, I mean, I was going to say this a little bit later, I don't think there's, like, a good pipeline from casual player to competitive player anymore.
2: I mean, like, the only place is, like, your FNM, and that's really all you have. Who or, like, does FNM Pioneer, leagues uh personally, for me that's not a problem. Yeah. I could if I realistically wanted to go play Pioneer every single day of the week, I could minus like two days.
1: I mean I could do that here in Japan if I went to Tokyo you know yeah. Tokyo's well, got the uh, yes. number of people, but like every other store outside of Tokyo is not right. gonna have like a full eight person. It's not gonna fire with with Pioneer sure. you know on FNS and then you get like five people
2: the other maybe. thing that you have is Moto and that's it. Those are the two yeah. competitive outlets that you have for Pioneer. Uh, but like, it, it is a really steep learning curve. And it, 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 if anything, I don't know, like, it's just so difficult as like a competitive player. Like, I I don't know. I can't stress it enough. Like, how many like, like, I have to bring like different cards for Lotus Field than mm-hmm. I do for Grease Fang than I do for midrange than mm-hmm. I do for aggro than I do for control than I do for <laughs> I, infinite things. And how do you, That's just my rant.
1: Kevin, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you feel like the learning curve is a thing for you or just like the, you know, Ashiak's problem where just preparing for everything is just kind of more of a stress for you?
0: yeah it's it's kind of hard to say just because i feel like it's hard to give the opinion of someone who doesn't know the format when like i feel like i've known the format for so long mm-hmm. uh and like the changes are it maybe it's hard to tell because like the conversation around pioneer tends to be so online you know, i feel like it's a very much mdgo format still so it's like oh is this just an MGO deck or is this a real deck are people like getting way too excited about this deck you know are they getting too excited about the Consuming Aberration, whatever that card is called, mm-hmm. um, combo with Archfiend of the Dross, or is that just you know people being too excited online? So like a little bit of that makes it harder to pick up when things are changing, but I, I do kind of agree. Like I think that Ashiok's probably right in this and then that. It's kind of a tough format, and just doing your own thing doesn't work too well like there's a lot of hate for the decks that just do their own thing and if you're trying to do a deck that answers the important things in the meta that's hard to do because there's still diversity like Mm -hmm. that kind of diversity
1: um another question for ashjack here how do you feel about the grind does that give you any stress you know like doing the whole you know qualifier into the regional and then you know etc etc
2: so Uh, I will say that the RC system is different everywhere and I can only really speak for the Canadian RC and the American RC because those are the two that I know the best. Uh, but going through with the Canadian RC, touching on it first, uh, qualifying for the RC was never a problem. Uh, they, as, as a lot of my friends like to say, they give away RCs with every happy meal here in Canada. You just kind of like, like it's, it's, it's 25 players, top four get invites. And you usually want two because there's two RCs here in Canada. You can go to either one um or you can go to both it's your choice i usually go to both because it's fun and i like seeing my friends but anyway uh you end up grinding uh there's stores that hold them pretty regularly so there's like two a weekend for two months and you just have the to top four which okay. is like relatively easy on the scale of things and like sometimes there's like bigger events held by face to face here and so it's like top 16 ends up getting there and that's also pretty fine uh, but for the American system, you have to, it's usually a lot of like one slaughters. So like you get one invite and it's like pretty, it's a lot more competitive to qualify for the RC there. However, the RC and sorry, the, R, sorry, through the RCQs. the RC, however, is a lot harder in Canada because only the top eight get invites and now it's soon to be top four. Mm-hmm. Like now with the next RC, it will be top four. So it it depends what you want with the Pioneer grind. Like, if you're looking for the competitive grind to try to get to the PT, then yeah, it's really difficult for Canada. And, like, it's really difficult for players here. Uh, If if you're looking for the just grinding to the RC, it's really difficult in the States. And Mm. I could not imagine the stresses of being in, like... um, like, even in Europe, like in rural Europe, like that would also be really difficult because, like, your only avenue is like M2GO. Because I know a lot of the RCQs are all held in Italy for uh Europe, at least that's what my understanding is. If I'm wrong, correct me in the Discord, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it, it's it's really it, it's either hit or miss for whether or not you're really good for the RCQs, uh, and it's just grinding Pioneer ends up being really rough because, like, I said, like. You have matchup lottery so because the uh, the formats so diverse so if you end up hitting your matchup lottery you end up doing really well mm-hmm. if you but you have infinite shots to try to make it like it it's a, it's a really complicated topic to try to talk about mm. trying to get to uh, get to get to the rc
1: so i mean uh, if there's nothing else you guys want to talk about problem wise can we go over some solutions is that okay? yeah uh, like what do you, what do you guys suggest so like you know what sure, should yeah. wizards of the coast be doing to improve the overall health um not only of the forum but also of the players like what are your suggestions
2: i so i'll I'll talk about the the easier thing first which is just like with a competitive grind um i feel as though that they're trying to constrict the amount of players at the pt but which is understandable because like they have to min pay everyone a thousand dollars um but I, I think they're constricting it too hard. So now in regions like Canada, like I, I know of a couple of people who are really good players from Canada that are trying to qualify in the states now to be able to play their RC because there's more PT slots because they think it's easier. Like that that should never be a thing. That should never happen. Or like they're thinking about going to like Taiwan to go compete there because they think it's easier there or Australia or things like that.
1: Japan's they're, not they're, easy. They're, they're,
2: they're, <laughs> they're they're thinking of like going to other places to an, an attempt to get it get an easy invite. Uh and that shouldn't be the case. Like like I think they should be giving more PT slots. I think the RCQ system should be streamlined because I feel as though it's really good here in Canada for the RCQ system, and everyone else I talk to thinks it's dog. So mm. some little bit more consistency there. Uh but for the format wise, uh honestly I kind of really think that we need like a, a a reverse button or like a a reset button on Pioneer. I think we need to open up a lot of different avenues uh, to try to like
1: uh, see if
2: like a uh, uh, bans to be honest. Bands are no, I think unbands? there's bands? A, No really, a, okay. a, both both okay. honestly. I think I think the format needs like an, an entire facelift to be honest. Because like we've we, I've been grinding this format for this is the fourth RC or the third RC that we've now played. And I've been grinding Pioneer for forever, and it has never been this stale to where you have it to be really diverse and it's stale and it's just it's really difficult to try to grind. So honestly, if we just had like a quick reset button on Pioneer, I would love it.
1: I I think well here's the here, here's my uh sorry just kind of commenting on on your your suggestion there. Um, I think unbanned should be used when the formats are stale, and banned should be used when. It's kind of dangerous when it's like out of control or broken and stuff like that. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I I think I agree with you. But I think the ban thing for me is if there are too many problems, I think either unbans or a lot of bans. And when I say a lot of bans, I mean four or five. Mm. If there's like one problem card, like once upon a time or something like yeah. that, yeah, ban it. Like one 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 time, like one card that's like homogenizing the format ban but we have the problem where it's too diverse Mm. so you would need to either unban something and like hope everyone picks up on it and maybe the meta adjusts there or ban a bunch of cards Mm. and i'm okay with either as long as there's change
1: (laughs) okay um kevin should we give you a chance to talk about what you would do to improve the health of the formatter players
0: yeah i'm i'm at the point where i feel like the meta share of some of the top decks for how long they've been the top deck is still like as high or higher than times we've seen bands before. Like, I just want to see some forced shakeup because of the last couple of sets haven't been enough. And it's still a while before any other new cards would come no. out. So that's not going to, you know, change the format. Yeah. I-, I just want it to be,
2: I, I want some
1: action on July? it. July. I'm ready for some, action. was July the next announcement they said they were going to make for all formats.
2: Yeah, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a BNR announcement pretty quick here for, for, Pioneer, for all formats. So. Yeah, I'm down to see. It's that. Not all I'm down formats. to see a little it's bit of attention to the format. Pioneer Modern
1: Legacy. Please give some unbands, unbands. I want unbands. I mean, I wouldn't mind yeah, getting some bands. That. I hate seeing bands though, but I'd love seeing unbands. Okay, I, unbands I, are fun. I feel you there. I have already built infinite li-
2: i think i have like 3 or 4
1: lists already
2: built for when they unban our guardian and ban zili nice, nice i well do, want that changed so bad
1: seriously man un unban um uh what was the other one or ban heliod and unban Vallista um
2: yeah ban karn then ban karn you have then, to ban karn if you do that one yeah ban
1: karn <laughs> there we go so here's we can't absolutely. have
2: mono green having a one card kill sideboard card
1: here's my suggestions for for wizards of the coast um I would like like I said I'm I'm more of a casual player. I'd love to become competitive again. It's hard to get back into that to kind of go from 0 to 60. I want to see more um FNM and game day type stuff, more of those mid-level events that local stores can do to kind of help me to improve my game. I also I think I would like to see more, you know, with along along with those those more casually focused rewards to kind of deal with the really high priced um you know, rares, we get like Shield Red and whatnot. You know, we used to have these game day promos that would really help to reduce the price of those because we'd put so many new ones into uh, circulation. And another thing I said, the learning curve. Again, for me, I'm trying to keep up, keep up by playing Arena, but there's not enough cards on there. They really need to focus on making Arena closer to Pioneer as a budget, I guess, I guess someone who doesn't want to spend any money at all on practicing because i know i can do mtgo but that's still going to cost money and i still think we need like a super budget way to do that and i think if you're just grinding coins and gems and stuff on on arena that's a lot cheaper for for some people at least for the casual gamer when you're starting to get into stuff maybe you know mtgo you'll make that investment so you can get better but you got to get to that step first and that's why i want to see more pioneer cards on arena so those are my suggestions
2: to even like put it in perspective to like yeah. help you out, like I'm spending, I like I I think like to be fair, I have a really good rental because like I've been using Manatraders for forever. Mm-hmm. But like I, if I were, I think base default is like sixty five dollars American a month with a creator code. Yeah. So you like you're spe- you're already spending like a good amount of money to just even rent the cards, and that's for like a rental package where you could rent anything in Pioneer.
1: I mean, I have a lot of and these cards be, in paper, and it's like I wouldn't, I don't even spend that much on paper events i spend maybe 20 bucks a month and that's still a little bit too much and like i i would
2: say i don't even use my service that much i i grind a lot of local events here like the things Mm -hmm. that i would love to see more so in like other stores and like things that are going really well here like for the entire next month we have win a staple at pioneer events. Nice. So like they're, they're not like anything like insane. Like you're not like getting like foil shieldred or something like that, yeah. but like, it's pretty good cards. Like it's a Baseju, It's a mm-hmm. border. or sorry. It's an it's, old board of Thotsies, It's a fable. It's, I would love those. Um It's yeah. Like, and that, that exists pretty regularly here. And that's why I really like enjoy like where I live for magic wise. Cause like, there's so much of that. Uh, and then we're having like team events and things like that. Like there's a mm-hmm. bunch of events for pioneer right now. Yeah. And that's what I think should be a little bit more, what should be for the norm for everyone. But like, I understand like game stores can exist everywhere and all these dollar China agreements. But I don't know, just like more effort into making Pioneer, like the more casual uh, step between like, uh, I, I show up to FM and I draft, or I show up to FM and I'm mm-hmm. a Timmy and I play kitchen table to Pioneer, being like the, the format where you start to do things and like mm-hmm. start to learn because that's what modern used to be. Yeah. But modern has gone way past on breaking the bank.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about today, Kevin, Ashiak, or do you guys want to wrap it up uh, here?
0: No, we're at an hour here. I think that that's probably a good time to stop if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah I happy. think the
2: only thing I was going to say was a more exact ban list of what I want to see changed mm-hmm. was more so the Fallout our thing. But I do think we're at the point where Fable, Karn, and Lotus
1: Field have to go. Well, hey. I think we are at this point. Next topic. We can talk about bans, <laughs> especially right hand. before their announcement. We can do that for our next topic. Of course, of course. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you want to take us out then?
0: All right, well, if you guys want to hear about that, you got to make sure you're following us at MTG Pioneer. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. You can also find a link to our Discord there where you can get more in touch with us and talk about all kinds of fun things.
1: And you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well. I am Yo Japan Hobbyist on there. Also, uh, the Japan Hobbyist in Discord. You can find me on our uh, Discord at all times. And Ashiok, how about you? It's your boy,
2: Ashiok, on Twitter, Dreams of Ashiok. If you want to see me complain about everything and me playing Modern for the first time in forever, uh, I'll be on there. So, (laughs) yeah, that's all I really got.
0: Alright, that's going to bring us to the other episode. Thank you guys for listening. We have the First Pioneers Podcast. We need your love in order to keep going we don't need your support because we don't do this for money we just do this for fun because we love pioneer mm-hmm. uh, anyways we are your first pioneers podcast thank you guys for listening uh we look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online your first pioneers are ranting out